You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. And I'll, I'll give you the verse, although it might not be hard to figure it out here in a moment. This is going to be extremely practical. And the chair is out there. We also have this that is out here. And no, that's not for scratching your back in this illustration. So we'll, we'll deal with that. I'm just, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be extremely, extremely practical about this. Um, please, please understand that there are no perfect parents. Okay. So Number, number one disclaimer, I am not an expert on raising children. God is an expert on raising children. God is an expert on raising children. There, there are no perfect parents, but there are biblical principles that we can latch on to. And if we will do our best to consistently and faithfully implement them, and then with the addition of the grace of God and the work of his Holy Spirit in the lives of our children and the investment of church family... Man, God can use that to help our children make a decision to follow Jesus Christ and to turn out well. So th- this isn't about being a perfect parent. There, there re- in, in the history of everything, there was only one perfect parent, and his first son rebelled and disobeyed. And I'm talking about God creating Adam. And you say th- this idea, you've heard this statement before, everything rises and falls on leadership. I hate that statement because it's not true. Moses was a great leader, and yet the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they were rebellious. Okay, so there are no, there, I mean, even if you're the, the, do the best that you can, I'm not preaching something as though there's a guarantee. Like you're saying that if we do this, then we know every decision our children make, the big ones are going to be right, and for sure they're going to turn out to follow God. I don't know all, how all of those work, even in the verse that we're going to read tonight. I, I wrestle with how far to apply it on the latter end. But I do believe, I do believe this. Two things. Number one, we should put our children in the best position to be successful following Jesus. And that God in one way or another will honor that. I don't know what that looks like in every decision my children make when they leave my authority. But I do believe that God will honor the effort. And over time, he will work. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, if you have children that have gone wayward, the point of this is not to say that, man, if you had just done things differently, they would have turned out a different way. That is not the point at all. Because you can raise children right and they rebel against God. Please understand, that's not what I'm doing. But we do want to be honest and say, I want to put my children in the best position possible to, em- to embrace the purpose of God. And so we're going to look at some, practical, at some practical things tonight. And these are things that I am still working at that Andrea and I strive to do, but we do not do them perfectly. In fact, uh, Jaron, my six-year-old, who's not doing as well paying attention as he needs to, um, we were getting up here and his mom's giving me a look like, I need to do something differently, sorry. Um, we were coming in here to practice this song, and I love how your sanctuary floor slants down towards the front. That's on purpose. Well, in a six-year-old's mind, he's not concerned about what that means for preaching in the congregation. He's like, huh, this is a hill. I can roll down this. And so I turn to look at Brother Jed at the piano, and I hear Jason say, Jaron, what are you doing? And I look, and Jaron is rolling down the center aisle. And one of the dear ladies of the church is having to walk around him. And I'm like, I'm a terrible father. I'm going to get up and talk about parenting some more. And I'm already obviously a loser at this. Okay, there are no no perfect children. There are no perfect parents. But there is truth that can be a help to us. So Proverbs chapter 22. I'm going to remain seated. Before I read the verse, I forgot to say this. Great job on the food today. And then, and great job just fellowshipping. These are sweet times. I know that you're tired, but you need these times. Yes, right. and, and God is worth, worthy of it. 
God isn't just worthy of it when it's easy or convenient. God is worthy of times like this. And these are so good for a church family. So embrace them. And, and you look around. Don't leave it to pastor to hold you accountable. Hold one another accountable. The most successful sports teams I've been on are the teams that learn to hold each other accountable without a coach getting involved. Hold one another accountable and say, hey, man, it's great when you can be here. I missed you being here. Whatever it is, encourage one another in that. All right, Proverbs 22, 6, very familiar verse. What's the first word? Train. Train. We are familiar with that word. And in this culture, we believe in that word, train. To teach by repetition, to prepare by repetition a specific behavior or response. That's the idea. Train. Up. A. Let me talk for a moment about the things we train up. We train up the military. Now look, this is declining rapidly and it's sad, but... I'm thankful for the level that military have been held to in the United States for so long. I don't want them underprepared. I want them to be the baddest and the best at what they do. I'm not sorry for that. I'm thankful for our military. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens because of hundreds of thousands of rigorous hours being poured into people to teach them and and solicit from them a specific response over and over and over again. Train. We believe in that. We train teachers. You don't want any, just anybody educating your children. You train. They go through a rigorous training and licensing process. Doctors are trained, hallelujah. About to put the anesthesia mask on you. You know what you're doing, doc? I slept at a Holiday Inn last night. I'm in good hands. No, you want them to be trained. If you made a transition in your career and you go to a new company, there is training involved in that. And it'll just put you with responsibility the first day on the job. There are things that you have to learn. When I was, I went from pastoring for about seven years to then being on staff in a support role. And and I worked underneath Brother Jason and there was training. It's like, well, I've pastored. I got everything down. No, because every church is different. And even as a pastor, there are things that you need to learn. And so you go to a new place. No matter where you've been, you've got to be willing to humble yourself and say, I need to learn how things are done here and I need to be willing. Willing to hear things that I should do differently or can do better. It's called training. It's not just for people. We believe in training animals. Can you show the picture, please? I want to tell you tell you the story about this picture that's up here. This is these are our neighbors. If I'm sitting in my driveway facing the street, these neighbors are directly to our left, and they they they've only lived there uh, maybe about six months, something like that. And they have no children, but they, they, have these, they have these two dogs. I don't know what breed they are, two large dogs. And I had, I had just pulled into the driveway um, one afternoon, and uh, I, I saw this happening. And so I wanted to take a picture of it because I knew it would be useful someday. So what, what happened, what happened was they were loading up, obviously, and getting ready to go somewhere But they didn't just open the door for the dogs to run and jump in the vehicle. First, they had them both come out. And do you see where the dog that's sitting in the driveway, they had them both come and sit in that spot. Now, the dog that's getting in, the dog that's getting in the vehicle, that dog was there at the spot first. And so the lady is standing there, and the dog comes up and out of the front door and sits and just looks at her. And whatever command, however she did it, Stay there. Well, then the other dog was a little distracted and a little hyper, and it wasn't coming right away, and so that dog just had to stay there. And while this dog eventually comes over there, and maybe about the distance from me to the chair, the dog sits where the chair is. And you can tell by her interaction with the dog, no, that's not good enough. And she made the dog walk further, and the dog was kind of like, you know how a petulant child can be? 
kind of slid forward a little bit, maybe to like right here. And the owner went, no, that's not good enough, and got that dog to move all the way to right there, then looked at the dog and gave the command for the dog to stay, and then told that second dog that had been there for a while, okay, you come and get in, and made that dog sit there until the other dog was loaded up, and then looked at the dog, then gave to the command, and that dog went and got in. And we're like, man, that's impressive. It is impressive. It's cool. I'm not setting you up. Well, I mean, I am, but it's cool. It's, ama it's amazing what you can do with dogs. I I've, I've seen dogs work in rescue missions and, and different things like that in, in some really challenging circumstances. I've, I've seen uh, dogs and, and horses and other animals on display. Had an opportunity one time to go down to SeaWorld in Texas and just to watch what they, what they are able to train uh, all of the life there, the animal life there to do. I'm just, it's amazing that through intentional effort, the, the ability of humans to train animals for specific tasks. But you can also train people for specific tasks. Justin, stand up real quick, turn around, say hi, and then sit down. Okay, so Justin, when he was five, he was on a t-ball team. Justin has always athletically, he's been... He's been probably a little more advanced than most other kids, even some of the kids in our own family and things. He's just caught on to things quicker. And so he was on this t-ball team. And it wasn't the t-ball team where the coaches were happy for you to come and run around like you had no idea what was going on. And then everybody gets a popsicle and we can go all go home. It wasn't, if you were just out there to have fun, that wasn't the t-ball team for you. The, his t-ball team, I watched this, they, they learned how to turn double plays. Now, if you don't know what baseball means, that's not going to mean a lot to you. But turning double plays is usually something that you develop as you get a little more advanced. No, balls would be hit to third or shortstop. And these guys, the second baseman was covering second base and the ball would be thrown to second. And Justin usually played shortstop or second. And then they'd throw the ball to first. And so you've got a bunch of little five and six-year-olds getting thrown out at second and first and going back to the dugout crying. And their teams are losing like 30 to 2. You th I thought the point was to have fun. No, if my kids are going to play sports, they're going to try to win. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you're aware of this. There are losers and winners in life. And, and we want to train our children to learn how to handle themselves the right way. And you're like, man, it's impressive what you can train a 5-year-old to do on a ball field. That's impressive, isn't it? And it, it is impressive. Train, train. The Bible says in verse number six, train up a child in the way he should go. I understand the second part of it. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I've already, I've already dealt with that. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to say things that God isn't saying, but I do believe that God will see the effort and that somehow he responds to that. I'm not, I'm not making declarations about anyone. I'm just... I'm saying that it's there for a reason, but I want to focus on the first half of the verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. You are all impressed with those dogs. And I just want to leave them up the entire time. You're impressed with those dogs. And I, I think it's something to be impressed with. But why aren't we willing to train our children how they should respond to their mom and dad when they're told to clean their room? Why aren't we willing to train our children to respond to a church authority when they're corrected? Why aren't we willing to train our children for how they're to read their Bible and to pray and to be in control of their video games, not let their video games be in control of them? Why are we not willing to train? No, if I can train my five-year-old to turn a double play, I can train my child, my five-year-old, to learn how to sit through a church service. No, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. That means a couple of things. Number one, there is a way your children ought to go. And every other way that is not that way is disobedience to God. I mean, let me, let me just broad stroke real quick. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. This grieves my heart. I'm not throwing a fit about this. I'm not stomping about it. 
it grieves my heart when I go into a store and I watch a, ch a parent trying to bribe a child. I watch a parent trying to negotiate with a child. I watch a parent calling a child names because they can't get them to obey and to do what they're supposed to do. And they, they are clueless. They, 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 would, they would bow up at me if I challenged their manhood. They would bow up at me if I talked about their weakness as a leader. But they are being held hostage by three-year-olds and by 13-year-olds and by 17-year-olds. And dads and moms, you are commanded to raise your children up in the way they should go. To train them. To train a specific response. Now look, is it possible to respond right to your parent but not really to have a heart for God? Yes or no? Is that possible? It is. But here's the point that so many parents miss. And this is so important to this. Their response to you will help prepare their response to God. That's right. Have you ever sat, be honest with me, moms and dads or grandparents or anyone that's concerned. Have you ever heard a message and thought, man, I hope, my, I hope that child is getting this right now. I mean, I, I really would love to see them respond to the Lord. Have you ever, have you ever thought that? Yes. Well, how they respond to you at home is setting the table for how they're going to respond to God when he starts convicting their heart. And if you're not training a right response to you, you are unintentionally training a poor response to God. Right. Training, isn't, training is not about me being in control. Please get this. Please get this. I understand there's food on the belly. I understand we're tired and all kinds of other things can be on our brains. But please get this. Training is not about me being in control. This is not some kind of misogynist, egotistical, tyrannical concept. I'm the king of my castle. It's not about that. Because I'm going to deal with this near the end that I have, I, I have control over their lives for a very short period of time. This is not about being in control. You know what it's about? It's about preparing their heart yes. to respond to God. Right. And if you think a child who is petulant and disobedient and rebellious is all of a sudden just going to get down to the altar, uh, you're, I'm not saying God can't do it. I'm just saying it's harder. Right. And you know what happens if we would win some of these battles at home when they're younger? Yes, sir. Right. It helps God to win some of those battles when they're older with far less casualties yeah. or difficulties. Train, train up a child. There's, there's four words that I want, you to, I want you to have in mind. I'm just gonna, and then we're gonna go through these. Um, Jackson, I want you to come sit up in the chair. Just remove the non-brat back scratching stick and hold it for me. You just sit in the chair and keep your face up and smile. Be adorable. He is adorable. All them freckles. I love it, I love it. So four words, and we'll deal with each one of these. Number one is practice, practice. Number two, expectations, expectations. Number three, consequences. Number four, relationship. Practice, expectations, consequences, and relationship. Number one, you want to practice what you expect. Two things that I mean by this. Number one, if I'm going to tell him that he has to do something, it needs to be true in my life. Hypocrisy has undone so much good that God wanted to do in the lives of people. Yeah, and, I'm, and, and congratulations if you told your children to do the right thing. Congratulations on that. But if you weren't showing them how to do the right thing, that is going to carry a lot more weight often in their lives than what you said, what came out of your mouth. If I, if I am teaching him to do something, then that needs to be demonstrated in the way that I'm living my life. Let me give you an example. Jackson, I want you to, tell, I want you to say this to your mom. No, I'm not going to do it, and I don't like you. Say that. No, I'm not going to do it. I don't like you. Okay, now look, th th this, is what, this is what ought to happen with that. Not like that. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But it ought to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Don't get emotional. You better deal with that. 
to say, son, we do not. You will not talk to your mom like that. But it was just like an hour ago that he heard me come home from work. And come on, what do you do? Just sit around the house all day and play, and play solitaire or whatever it is? Don't, wait, could you imagine if you had a real job, you'd get fired on the first day. Nothing is done around this house. No, 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 no. I'm, that's true. No, not what I said but that there are fathers who get frustrated with the way their children talk to their mom, but they're demonstrating that in a way that they talk to their children's mom. What about, what about moms? You want your children to respect you, and you should. How much respect do you show to your husband? I'm not going to apologize for the biblical order that God established. It is not one of inequality or superiority. I believe this. God did not make the man to be better than the woman or the woman to be better than the man. And this whole idea of, of competition is ridiculous and illogical. We were not created the same. We were created to be different. No, and, but in the home, the order is a husband is to lead, a wife is to help her husband lead, and sometimes that requires the wife to submit to the leadership of the husband. And ladies, you shouldn't be complaining about your children not respecting you when they can hear you criticizing their dad behind his back or maybe when he's off at work. Practice. If you want them to live their lives a certain way, it begins with you living your life the way you want them to live their life. Practice. Number two, practice. We're still in practice. You ready? Actually, practice it. Practice it. You've heard the statement, what you do, what you do in practice is what you do in the game. Can we just call church a really important game? It's not a game. It has serious consequences. I know, I know you may not think about this every time you come in here, but every time you assemble, heaven and hell is at stake. There is spiritual warfare going on, and the God of this world is competing against the eternal God for the souls of men and women, and there are kingdoms that are at war with one another, and there is a man of God who is trying to wage war on behalf of the chief shepherd to win people's hearts for the cause of Jesus Christ. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but that is going on every time you assemble. And let me tell you just something that happens. We are so not used to paying attention and sitting still. And while truth is trying to be communicated, distractions are going on. And because we don't have control of ourselves or of our children, it causes distractions that take people's attention off. So you know what we do? We practice. All right, Jackson, I want you to sit up straight like we're at church. Sit up straight. Put your hands in your lap. Okay, he's not perfect at this, but we've literally done this at home. What do you mean? We practice being at church. Hey, just practice being at church. Ask me how long you have to sit there. No, ask me how long you have to sit there. Well, it depends on who's preaching. If it's Uncle Jet, probably about 30 minutes. If it's me, it could be like an hour. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> no, so here's what I want. I want you to sit there and, and you just, you don't move. Here's how long you sit there until I tell you you can get up. It is not going to kill your children to learn how to do that. No, right. no just sit. It'll actually be helpful in other areas. Listen, if we can make a dog sit, then... The, in spite of what the evolutionists say, this child is far more advanced and developed than you give him or her credit for. And this isn't a lesson that we waited until they were eight and nine. We started teaching them this when they were one and two and three. And there's small things that you can do that if you do them over and over again. And so we actually practice. I came up on a scene in our house the other, the other day. This wasn't too long ago. Andrea, we, we were having a family talk. And then Andrea said, okay, this needs to happen and this needs to happen. And I said, These need, this needs to happen and this needs to happen. And then we say, okay, everybody get to it. And you know what happened? Literally nothing. Like our kids are sitting there on the floor like, ah, we'll get to it whenever we need to. Man, and so I called in an F-16 strike, and I mean, no, 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 that's not what, I said, no, this is unacceptable. So for the next two minutes, we literally practiced 
me giving a command, Andrea giving a command, and then them saying, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, and calling them right back in. You, go to the kitchen. Yes, sir. Get up, and they'd start walking to the kitchen and come back and sit down. You, go to the bedroom. Yes, ma'am. You'd walk out and then come right back in and sit down. And we literally practice. You say, that's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? We practice at work, we practice for rodeos, we practice for hunting, we practice for sports, we practice, they have practice tests for CAT tests, we practice for everything that matters even a little bit in our lives. Why don't we practice for teaching them how to do right? Practice. Just come up with the scenario. You know what else that will help you do, and, and I'll deal with your response in a, in a couple of minutes, well, a few minutes. The, this will help you practice your response when things aren't going well. Because I don't care what your children are doing, it never justifies a godless response. And there's a difference between a stern or fierce response and a godless response. There is a difference. But just practice. And so we practice. I want you to sit. Okay, I've told you to sit still. Now don't sit still for a second. Come on, do it more, do it more. No, slouch down. Do what you normally do. Okay, that's not what I said to do. Watch. That's not what I said to do. Get back up. You see how simple that is? Practice. I'm not leaving marks all over this. Just no. Practice. You see it? But daddy, but daddy. Say but daddy, but daddy. Daddy, but daddy. <laughs> no, louder. Daddy, but daddy. <laughs> okay. So we've done this a lot. <laughs> Just practice. Like, can, can, I, can I show you something else? Brother Samuel, can you come here? We have literally practiced this. I did, man, your kids need to learn how to look an adult in the eyes when they're talking to them. Well, I don't know how we do that. Are you ready? You practice. And so we come to church and go, say hi to bro- Brother Samuel's going to say hi to you and you're going to look around and just kind of not look at him and then not even shake his hand. Okay, okay, look, and so as a parent, there are so many parents who see that, and it's like, eh, they're just kids. No, I get it that they're just kids, and that's not a condemnation of you, that they are just kids, but it is a condemnation of us as parents if we don't see that and address that, and so look, I don't do that here necessarily, but at, at West Valley, if I see someone else's child doing that, I stop them, and we practice Practice in the hallway, practice in the foyer, practice in the sanctuary. I say, no, when pastor is talking to you, stop and look me in the eyes and just respond. I want to train that. I want them to know how to respond to adults. I say, no, Jackson, you're going to look at Brother Samuel and shake his hand and say, hi, Brother Samuel. Hi, Jackson. Hi, Brother Samuel. It's, listen, and you just do it until they get it. Practice. Thank you, Brother Samuel. Practice. All right, sit back down for a second. So practice meaning you live out what you want them to do and then actually practice the things. Number two, don't lower expectations. Let me give you some reasons we lower expectations. We lower expectations because we're busy. If you have a child, you're busy. Multiply that by whatever number you want and you're just busier. Anybody trying to do anything is going to be busy. You add children to the equation and you just get busier. It's just busy. It's busy. Meaning, training and all of that is not always perfect and it's not always easy. You may not be able to, moms, please hear this. You may not be able to get to every single thing that you want to or feel like you need to, but please don't do this. Please don't lower expectations because you're busy. And look, your children don't have to be very old to remember what they did. And even if they don't, it's going to reinforce the truth if you deal with it and help them and teach them to be aware of what they're doing. Busyness is a reason we, we lower expectations. Another one is the culture. Okay, I, th- this is one of my favorite points in all of this. I am not, sometimes we judge success by what our children are not. I am not raising my children to not go to jail and be criminals. I'm not. Because here's what that creates. Well, at least they didn't go to jail. I guess that's a good thing. No, it's a good thing. But God wants so much more for your children than them not living criminal lives. 
No, no, we have a world that is constantly lowering expectations for obedience, constantly lowering expectations for what's right and to be expected of a child, constantly, constantly trying to shift blame. And, and whether when it, when it comes to how they should respond to authority and what kind of control we should have over technology in the lives of our children. By the way, there is no constitutional right that your children need a phone by a certain age. No, and we, Andrea and I have an intentional process where we introduce them to having a phone because we're not going to hide them forever from technology, but we remind them, you can lose this at any point and you are not we are not obligated to let you have it. And by the way, I get to look at it whenever I want to. Your children shouldn't have access to technology that you do not have access to in their lives. Letting kids run all over social networking apps. I mean, 10 years old. What 10-year-old needs to be on Instagram? Well, they're starting a business. Let them sell a lemonade, have a lemonade stand or something. Learn how to sweat a little bit. Okay, I'm, this is a little too much personal preference here. But, but where was I, what was I on? Culture. Thank you, Brother Samuel. We lower expectations. Don't lower your expectations because everybody else is doing this. No. Have expectations that are based on the word of God. Num uh, another reason, personal struggle. Have you ever wanted your children to do something and knew that they needed to do it, but you knew that you had failed at it? Okay, Jackson, you're going to sit. You, you need, Jackson, you need to sit in church. But if you're just being honest, you know you pulled out your phone and you checked some scores. You know that you were checking your Facebook, or whatever it was you were doing, you didn't do what you know they need to do. And you, here's what can happen. Here's what can't happen. Well, because I didn't do it, I shouldn't expect my children to do it. Look, I understand it's awkward, but you can't lower the standard for them. Yep. Say, what do I need to do? Raise the standard for yourself. Here's how that starts. God, I messed up. Please forgive me. Son, I didn't do what I should have done, and you saw that. Please forgive me. But you still have to do right, and Daddy needs to work better at getting right. Don't lower the standard because you mess up. Just correct your own behavior. Make it right however you need to write and need to make it right and move on. Don't lower expectations. Word number three, consequences. Two things, two things about this. Number one, you need to consistently enforce consequences. All right, so define the consequence. There are behaviors for which we spank, and there are behaviors for which we do not spank. I'm not going through this message. It's not about making a case for biblical spanking. It's all over the Bible, all over. It is adequately dealt with in the Bible, specifically Proverbs. So it's not all over the Bible, but it's referenced many times in the Bible. There is a right way. There is a wrong way to do it. I'm not sorry for that. It is a biblical method. I, I've utilized different things like timeout and other things like that, and I'm fine with all of that, but those are not the ones that are referenced in the Bible. Right. And so you can utilize stuff that may not be referenced in Scripture, but it doesn't need to replace what is referenced in Scripture. Right. Right? So there is, a, there is a biblical way to do it. So number one, you as a parent need to make sure that you have clearly defined what the expectations are. And then number two, clearly defined what the consequences are. God did this for the nation of Israel. If you do this, you'll be cursed. If you do this, you'll be blessed. He defined expectations, then he defined consequences. Number two, Pastor Hardy has said this many times. Every act of disobedience is not an act of rebellion. Sometimes your kids disobey because they just get caught up in a moment, and that still needs to be dealt with, but it's not the same as a rebellious spirit. Make sure that you know the difference. Sometimes they disobey because you're just really lousy at telling them what to do. Sometimes they disobey because in the heat of the moment, you got mad and your expectations changed. You got to guard against all of that, okay? Clearly define the expectations and the consequences. When they disobey, enforce the consequences. If you're at church, praise the Lord for a lot of rooms. You may need to wait till you get home. Don't, you don't ever need to discipline your children in public. Never. You say you just said at church, I'm talking Sunday school room, whatever, or just go home. Do not do anything in public. Okay, do I need to say it again? Do not do anything in public, but you still need to discipline your children. And by the way, if Brother Jet disagrees with any of this, I'm not associated with Eastside Baptist Church, and he can distance himself from me however he needs to. I'm just telling you what's in the Bible and what we've done, okay? 
Disciplining your children is not a time for you to vent on them. Right. Good. It's not. I am not going to spank my child right now. If some of y'all are getting nervous about that, are you good, Jackson? Okay. I am not going to spank my child. The purpose of, of corporal punishment is not for you to vent on them. Okay, let, let me just give you a pet peeve of mine. You know the whole statement, this hurts me more than it hurts you? That's baloney. <laughs> Every time my parents said that to me, I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> you you want to switch places here? Because <laughs> that, that is, I don't want to hear about your emotions. Not true even a little bit. It is, but it is not a time. I, I, I don't tell my children that. I do tell them sometimes that my heart is hurting because of their spirit. But I'm not so like, yeah, this is hurting me more than you know. But the point is not to vent my anger towards them. Let, let me give you a, a tidbit. Do not punish your children when you're angry. Amen. I mean control. And it's different to be angry with the decision that they made as opposed to just being consumed with anger. And that's what I'm talking about. Don't punish them because just, man, I'm just so mad right now. Then you probably need to go get on your knees before God and say, God, I've failed you and you don't hate me. So help me get over myself and to do this in a right way. And then literally, just so everybody doesn't get nervous, Jackson, I want you to turn around and, and bend over the chair like we're going to have a special invitation. Put your head down a little lower. And that's how it goes. You say to, you can stand, turn, turn back around and sit down. You shouldn't have to force your children over and over again to submit to punishment. No, you might have to at the beginning, but you've got to train them. You've got to, you've got to train them. Can you tell that he's practiced that? <laughs> Brother Jet says because he's a bad kid. No, he's like his dad. That's what he is. He's like his dad. It just If you're curious, I got my last spanking when I was 15 years old. I should have had more. I should have had more. And I got it because I was talking back to my mom and disrespecting her. And my dad's like, no, I don't care how old you get. We're going to deal with that disrespect in a certain way. And so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be some kind of crazy, ridiculous thing. It's just you need to deal with this. And then when it's done, and my kids can give testimony to this, when it's done, this happens almost every time. There might be quick times where... You know, just in the moment, you got to move on to other stuff. Like, I have church members downstairs, and i got to get them back down. <laughs> okay, y'all didn't appreciate that joke. So, and say, hey, does, does God forgive you? Yes, sir. Does Daddy forgive you? Yes, sir. Okay, I love you. And then we pray together, and then we're done. Amen. And, th and then I make, I make this statement. Listen, it's done. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. You don't need to walk around with your head down anymore. Let's go on and have a good day. Deal with it and move on. But make sure to enforce the consequences. If you have said a consequence, then enforce the consequence. Yes. If, it, if it's been a right, you are doing damage to your child to say, if you do that one more time, I'm going to. And then they do it. Hey, I told you if you do that one more time, then I'm going to. And then they do it. And you aren't enforcing obedience. You are just creating this awareness that I can keep pushing the limit. And usually the limit is until they get mad and explode and start screaming at me. No, enforce the consequence the first time. Am I perfect at this? No. Not even close, but we try. We, we try to be. All right, so consequences. Number, number two under consequences, let others enforce consequences in their lives. Real statement, you don't have to like this. I'm not teaching this because you like it. There are certain adults that I trust very dearly, and these two would be one of them. And I have told them, if they need to be dealt with, then please deal with them. You have my permission. No, I've, to I've told them that. And I mean it. And I, I'm, not, I'm not at all kidding about that. And that's, that's, that's had to be done a couple of times. I've had to deal with some kids that were left under my care before, just in different ways. And I'm not even saying that it always involved that. I'm just, I, I have to deal with it. Do not protect your children from the consequences of others that God has put them under the authority of. We talked about this extensively this morning, but I, I do want to make this point. The, the father of the prodigal son was full of grace and mercy, wasn't he? Yes. But he did not protect his son from the consequences of the rebellious decisions he was making. Right. 
And it was those consequences that turned the heart of his child back to him. You know what you do every time? Every time you try to protect your children from consequences that they deserve, you are making it harder and harder for them to come back to God. You can, listen, you can live their entire adolescent life blaming everybody else but them for their behavior, but it's only going to make it that much harder for them to respond to God. Listen, I'm not saying that the authority in their lives always gets it right, but I am saying I know that they're sinners. And if I'm going to put them under the care of people whose lives and spirit I trust, then I am going to require them to submit to that authority. And I'm not going to try to protect them from, from every consequence that they experience because it's detrimental to them. Last, last thing, number four, relationship. I, Jackson, I want you to go sit down. I actually, go sit down. You did a great job. Thank you, bud. Actually, no, Jackson, come back here. I'm sorry. I forgot what I was doing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Run, 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 run. Yay, good job. Okay, okay, sit down. Jason, can you come up here? You can come up. Just, hurry up, dude. Don't talk to Abishua. Bad influence from the intern right there. Can you just stand right here? Stand up straight. Hands out of your pockets, please. Thank you. No, get off the chair, please. Just stand up straight. Scoot over a little bit. Hands by your side. This is hard for you. He has some nervous habits. Hands go in the pockets, and he wants to start leaning. Just stand up straight, okay? Relax. Hey, Jason is six, Is almost 16. He'll be 16 in July. He's just got his permit, and I love my, I love my son. I, t- I tell him this. I don't tell him all, all the time, but I do tell him, you are a good-looking kid. You're very, he is, he is, he may act like he's not. He is a very intelligent kid in spite of some of the dumb things he does. <laughs> God has blessed him with a great mind. He has great mental capacity. It's wonderful to see. He can actually be funny. He's, he's a pretty funny kid. He's learning He's learning how to sing. We had a youth night at church, and he led the singing at our church and did a, did a great job learning how to stand up there and how to lead the singing. Man, man, I, I love it. This is what I'm aware of watching, watching you, watching my daughter, Alexandra. We have so little time that we actually have control over them. Jason, have you and I, and I, and I need you to be honest, okay? Have you and I had, had some really hard times and really hard conversations? Yes, sir. Yeah. Have you had some battles at times, just things that you wrestled with? Yes. Yeah. And you can ask him, as a dad, I did my very best never to lower the standard. I've not lowered the standard. Amen. There have been tears from both of us. There have been lots of prayers from his mom and I just asking God to work and to help. And that's true of all of our children. He's not some kind of exception. But this is what I realized. The amount of time that I actually have control over him is so small compared to where I don't have control over him. Right. So I'm not just, man, please wake up for this. I'm not just concerned with them doing what I want. That is not the point. I am concerned with, by the grace of God, affecting their heart to understand there is a purpose from God and there is a right way to live. I am not just concerned about them doing what I want. You know what I'm concerned about? Them living for God. And I recognize this. One day I'm not going to have control anymore. But I still want to have influence. You're right. Yeah. I do. I have control right now. I do have control. But he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And he's going to age out of me having control. So what do I have then? You know what I want? I want influence. So you know how I have, you know how I prepare to have influence now? Or prepare now to have influence then? You know how I do that? I have a relationship with him. Look, far too many parents are being silent when their kids are being bad. Man, speak up. I'm, a, I'm amazed at how much can go on in front of parents in a church before a parent will actually do something. Right. No, speak up. But far too many parents are being silent when their, kids are, when their kids are doing well. Your kids need to hear from you when they're doing a good job. 
hey, 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 that, that is slouched down in the chair. Be pathetic. <laughs> Say la, 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 la. Say my dad preaches so long. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. No, son, son, you know, you stop. That's, that's not what we're going to do. That's not how we're going to do it. You need to sit back up. No, he needs to hear from me. But you know when else he needs to hear from me? He's sitting there. Jackson, I noticed you did a great job. You did a good job, and I'm, I'm very proud of you. Far too many parents fail to affirm good behavior in the lives of their children. You no, know, speak up when they're doing wrong, but speak up when they do well. Does God not do both to us? Does he not confront us when we do wrong? And does he not commend us when we do well? It's, it is in scripture and we see it in the word of God. Affirm, affirm right behavior. Number two, my kids need me to play and enjoy time with them. I mean, I, I'm... I'm mm. I'm trying to get done, but I'm not going to skip over this point. You need to allow your pastor the freedom to have a relationship with his kids. No, I'm, a, I'm available to our church family. Even, even when before we, we were supposed to leave at 10 o'clock on Tuesday night. But then some, there was an issue that came up and someone needed a pastor's attention. And we ended up being at our house for another three and a half hours and didn't leave Idaho until about 2 o'clock on Wednesday morning. And then drove through the night and all the, way, all the way here. And that happens at a time. But I also tell my church, I need to be able to ride my bike, ride a bike with my son. I need to be able to go play out in the yard with my kids. I need to be able to have a relationship with my children. And so do you. Have a good time with them. By the way, you can have a good time. Make going to church a fun thing. Man, it's cool we get to go to church. Do they always like it? No. Ask him if he always likes it. This dude loves talkies and playing Xbox, just like every other teenager. But we can have a good time. We can have a good time going to church. I can bring them with me. We can rejoice over good things. I can teach them to be excited about good things. Have a good time with them. Ask them how their day went. Don't just complain about how they're making your day longer. Hey, what'd you do today, Jackson? I don't care right now. Just, no, no, no. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. But you see what I'm talking about? See what, no, be invested in them. Celebrate them. And by the way, especially for dads with their sons and moms for their daughters, do not, do not expect them to measure up to some standard that you've created in their mind about what they should be athletically or academically or talent-wise. God blesses different people with different levels of ability, and this son is not any more or less valuable because he can or cannot do something. Right. Let them be who they are. No, encourage them to be the best that they can be. But stop holding them up to standards of other people's kids somewhere because that kid can sing a little better or that kid can play a sport a little better. No, we have differences of abilities within our home. We have some that have great athleticism. Justin has great athleticism. I, t I talk to Jackson and, and, we, and we laugh about this. I call him my donut boy. What do you mean? Because he's just a floppy, cuddly donut. He's running down. No, he plays ball just as hard as his brother. But he, he looks like a doughy little freckled-faced donut when he does it. And it's adorable. He's not any less valuable because of that. I have some kids that play the piano very well and others that take just as many lessons that they don't catch on as quickly. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Some have this ability. Some have that ability. Love who they are. Encourage them to be the best that they are, but please work at having a relationship with your children so that when you can no longer tell them what to do, they still respect you enough to want to know what you think. That's good. Amen. Have a relationship with your kids. Guys, you can sit down. Thank you. I'm not training them to control them. No, I do want control over them. Addison, stand up right now. Thank you. Okay, sit back down. Jaden, come stand right here and sit on the floor. Just sit there. Like, I, could, I could do this all day. You hang out with me, this is what you'll know. It's not perfect, but I have control over my children. Not perfect. I have to correct it. I have control over my children. Jaron, get down here. 
Get down here. Get in the push-up position right there. Just stay there. Listen, listen. That, that's not the point. One day God is going to say, Jaron, I need you to do this. Jaden, I want you to do this. And I want to prepare them to respond to God. Jaron, you can go back to your seat. Jaden, you can go back to your seat. Please understand, the point is not to control them. I train them to prepare them to respond to God. Look, I'm not making any guarantees about how my children will turn out. I hope if God is still allowing me to have a relationship with you, even just to hang out and to come through here every now and then, I hope that as you from a distance get to see my children grow up, that you hear about how they are serving God in some capacity somewhere. I can't make any claims about how that will go. Here's what I can make a claim about. I want to put them in the best position to do that when they're older. So train them up. Have a plan and put it into practice. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You've listened, you've listened so well. I know it's been a, a long afternoon, a busy afternoon, but you've done, you have done so well, and I'm, and I'm thankful for that. It's a blessing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I'm just going to ask you, is there some area where God spoke to your heart? either about the way you're living out your life in front of your children or about the need to implement some better training processes with your children. Say, man, there's some things that we just, we need to do better or that we've let slide. Like this is a constant, this is a monthly conversation with Andrea and I. Man, we feel like we've let this go a little bit. We need to tighten this up. We've kind of let that slide and we need to do better here. You say, man, there's some things in my life where I've just not been as deliberate or intentional in training my children like I need to. And I really, I really need God's help. I need God's help in some of these areas. Either living it out, there's some sin in my life that I need to deal with, or we're just not deliberate about the processes of training. And I need God's help. Would you pray for me? I wonder if there'd be anyone that would raise their hand and say, yeah, that's me. Yep, I see him. I, yeah, all over the place. God bless you. Well, let's just take a moment to respond to the Lord. Maybe it's family Sunday. Maybe you want to come as a family and pray together. Maybe you and your wife want to come. Maybe you want to come down here and you want to pray for a wayward child. Maybe you want to pray for your grandchildren. Maybe you don't have any children, but you want to pray for God to use you to be an influence. Maybe you want to pray that God will help you whenever and whenever he decides to give you children, that he'll help you to be prepared for that. But if God has spoken to your heart, spend some time responding to him. If you would begin to play and sing, Father, please help us to be responsive to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.